Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Flame On is presented by the Nerdy Show Network, geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination. And of course, with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geeky programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Drag is the new spandex. Hello, everyone, and we're back. Look, we are back sooner than anticipated because you know, whenever we do drag is the new spandex, still also known as all queens and me, um, you never really know. Sometimes it's a month, sometimes it's six months, sometimes they're like, Do you still do that series? I'm like, Yeah, it's just on a bit of a hiatus. What's the hiatus? We haven't done anything for it yet. Um, so I'm here, Oral. I'm your host, but you guys know that. And you ladies know that too. I mean, I talk to you too. Men don't talk to me that much. That's a lie. I'm a whore. We also have <laughs> our illustrious producer and my co-host, Pat. What's going on? Hi. And for the first time on this show, we have a comedy queen who is not Ginger Minge. <laughs> Thank <We>, God. <laughs> We have the one, the only, Addison Taylor. Hi, Addison. Hi, how are you? I'm very well. Thank you for joining us today. Absolutely. And to all the listeners, you're welcome in advance. (laughs) (laughs) Now, before we start, I want to say the last time I saw you, you were at the world-famous Sawmill Campground and Resort. Um, You were doing a wonderful number. It was your Call Me Maybe. Okay. And I think that's the first time I ever saw that, and I was in stitches. Thank you. Stitches. And I love how crisp and clean your lip sync is because like that is what that number is. Absolutely. It is it is I have to get this right. Um I love just like you have it down to the nanosecond. So before we start like digging into who you are, walk us through that number. Like how did you come up with it? Like how do you kind of keep it fresh in your mind? It's um it's one of those numbers that I took a current song and then there's so many iconic like prank phone calls in mm. different movies and TV shows throughout the years so I wanted to incorporate those and they're things that I have already known 
So whenever like I see cereal mom, I'm mouthing along with those words anyway. Like I say them line for line. So why not put them into a mix and make money off of it? When cereal mom came out, I'm just like, oh my god, this is this is a this is a treat. This is a gem. I'm 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 all about it. Uh, but yeah, I saw you at Sawmill. I just. Wrapped up karaoke out in the courtyard. Okay. And I'm just like, well, I'll stay for like a drink. You know, say say my hellos, say my goodbyes, head out. They're like, you know, and then you came out. And I'm like, oh, that's Addison. I never get to see Addison because I'm always working when you're when you're on. Right. I'm like, well, let me stay. And then like after your number, there were a couple other numbers. They were really fun. I think that was, was that, was that Easter? It was was it before or after Easter? I drink a lot. Yes. <laughs> it, yes, it was. Okay. It was either before or after Easter. Yeah, because I, yeah. So I think that was, yeah, because I walked into, as long as I got King Jesus. Okay. I think that was that, yeah. So that was, uh, that was my most recent trip to the song. Mm-hmm. That was, um, yeah, that was probably a month-ish ago. So around yeah. Easter. Mm, so I, I was just like, well, you know what? Let me stay. I'm so glad I stayed. I Good. mean, everyone was great, but you were you were phenomenal. So, Addison, tell us who you are. I mean, for those of you listeners who aren't in the know and should be anyway. <laughs> um, I like to consider myself kind of a loose cannon. I've always been categorized as a comedy queen, but I do a little bit of everything. I never want my audience to know exactly what I'm going to do or how I'm going to look. So I could have on big pageant hair or I could come out completely bald. It all depends. Um, And I do regular top 40 music to crazy mixes that I've made or song parodies. Just a little bit of everything. So I try and um, always keep people on their toes so they never really know how to describe me. Basically, I'm larger than life. I'm foul mouthed and I'm everything that your mother warned you about. So I'm I'm a really good time. You know, whenever I see whenever I see you and like the persona like you just exude this this commanding character um and energy i'm just like that's the girl who was smoking in in the bathroom Absolutely. at school in the boys wanna, room yeah, yeah yeah and i'm just like oh hey addison it's girl get out of here you know i told you not to talk to me in public <laughs> right it's a little bit of that i um i definitely can see how I would be intimidating to some people, but once people get to know me, I'm really like, I'm there to help anybody that needs it or, or listen or do, I'll do a shot with whoever. But um, yeah, I'm, I've heard. I definitely, <laughs> I've witnessed several times. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely somebody that's, I like to think that I'm approachable, but I can, can be a little bit intimidating. I guess people just get starstruck when they're around me. It mm-hmm. happens. So are you, are you like local, like a native to Florida? Born and raised in Orlando, yep. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. What hospital were you born at? Winter Park Memorial. Oh, ooh, girl. You Me and off. my older brother and my little brother. Silver spoons yeah. all around. <laughs> um, so tell us, like, what, what was your first exposure to drag? Uh, my first exposure to drag was probably in, like, the the early 90s when, when you would see drag queens on Ricky Lake and Maury and all yes! that. Yes! And like, I remember seeing, it was a particular episode of Ricky Lake to where it was somebody who was from Orlando and I remember her saying that uh, she worked at the Parliament House and she came out and she did this, like, she was huge. Huge. And came out and did like a round off into a split and it turns out that she would later become my drag mother because we went to the same high school. Oh my God. And I would tell her about this girl that I saw on TV and she's like, girl, that was me. Wait a minute. 
What? What was your drag mother? What, what's your drag mother's name? Her name's Adriana. She doesn't really do drag anymore, but she she literally, out of drag, people think that we're brothers. We look exactly alike, but she's um probably she's like five five or six years older than I am. I remember. I, okay, so some of you know this and some of you don't, but you should if you like me and you listen to our podcast. I'm obsessed with Ricky Lake. I I never missed an episode i always taped it in retrospect i don't understand why my mother was so surprised that i was a homosexual <laughs> right because only maury and ricky and i never watched maury like that ricky lake had the best talk show in the 90s hands down mm-hmm. hands down and i remember i remember that because she would come up and i watched the clip shows too and sometimes that's all you can find on youtube now i remember her Doing this like outrageous number into the split. Yes, uh-huh. yes. Okay, so continue. I'm That's sorry. my mama, yeah. Um, and I, now that I'm thinking about it, I think the episode was something like, You're too fat to be a drag queen. Yeah. And like her friend brought her on and was like, Girl, Ricky, my friend is so big. She had no business doing drag, blah, blah. And like my drag mother, Adriana, came out and just turned it. And I was like, Oh my God, I want to be that. Like, that's what I want to be. And then. We went to the same high school. She was on the five-year plan of Lyman High School, and I did it in four, because that's what you're supposed to do. (laughs) Um, But our paths crossed, and she's like, oh, you're a queer. I'm going to take you someplace magical. And she took me to the Parliament House when I was 15 years old. And we saw, it was a Sunday, so I saw the T-Dance show, and I was like, oh, my God, like, this, I want to do this. And I was just smitten with drag ever since, and I've been doing it for 16 years now. Holy shit. Yep. Like, that... You know, what What I love about Orlando is that we get such, like, a, like a good cross, uh, a crossroads of drag, mm-hmm. where, you know, if you want to be strictly pageant or you want to do comedy, if you want to be, like, really out there or serve, like, like, strict realness, you can. And there, you know, there's a place uh, for you. And I love that. I think a lot of the queens that come out of Orlando, you know, they're polished in a lot of different ways, not just like in the looks department, but when they have to entertain, they can hold an audience. Absolutely. Because this this is a tough town and it's, you know, everyone forgets that, yeah, you know, we're the tourist capital, one of the, tourist, the, the tourist capital in the world, but a lot of that is funded by entertainment. Absolutely. And if you can't entertain, you can't get a dollar right so uh, uh. in general florida and texas are known for really really good drag mm-hmm. and the thing about orlando especially is we we're open-minded to any type of entertainment it might not be something that we're used to at first but if you're good enough at it we're gonna pay attention and orlando because there's there's literally 20 jobs for drag in orlando and about a thousand queens mm-hmm. so you have to no. be the best at what you do literally someone has to die for you to get a cast position somewhere like there's people that have been working at Parliament House for 30 years. There's people that have been at Southern Nights for years and years. And there's really established multinational title holders that live in Orlando that yeah. don't get work. So you have to be really good at your game. And um, we're open-minded to anything. And if we don't know what it is, if you're good enough at it, we're going to understand and we'll respect it. We're going to make you the best that you can be mm. just because you live in Orlando. And I always tell people who travel to other cities, they'll come back and be like, oh, girl, I saw a show and podunk illinois and it was awful well bitch you're spoiled because you live in orlando and you see the best drag in the world every night of the week 
So not 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 everywhere is Orlando. So you're very lucky. So you bitch about the girls that you see here. Just be glad that those are your girls. You you know you're absolutely right. I I remember I was traveling and I the place shall remain nameless. It was someplace in Fort Lauderdale. I won't name <laughs> names, but I saw and you would think Fort Lauderdale, Miami, like you have you have like almost that Vegas sort of feel where you need to have this stage presence not just like a show presence but a stage presence and I was I was bored to tears it, it happens and you know like I gave a dollar out of respect because my mother raised me right and you tip your drag queen it t- costs a lot of money to look real cheap mm-hmm. but I was just like what is up and you reminded me of that because you know I grew up in Orlando, I've gone and seen amazing drag performances where you like you will stand there and like lip sync your heart out, uh-huh. and you can hear a pin drop in Polk County. Absolutely. So, uh, okay. So you you go to Parliament for the first time. You're enamored. You're enraptured. You know that this is it. When do you start dipping a toe into drag? So my first time ever in drag, where I left the house in public, it was my senior year of high school on Halloween. And we went to the Parliament House. And if you've ever been to the Parliament House on Halloween, it is a shit show. Yep. So I'm 17, in a wig, in one of my drag mother's old dresses that she can't wear anymore, looking like, I don't even, uh, horrible, horrible. But was at Parliament House and got decent attention. And basically just because I was this little kid with my mother, who at the time everyone knew, I I felt accepted. And they're Mm. like, girl, are you going to do this after Halloween? Probably. So I entered talent shows for two years and was terrible. Like, never won. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do this until I win. So it took me two years to win a talent contest. In the meantime, I did a pageant and lost. So I was like, okay, I'm going to wait until I win a pageant and then I'm never doing it again. So when I win my first pageant in uh, 2006, I'm like, well, I've spent like 10 grand on this shit. Like, uh, okay, I'm, I guess I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. So I've been doing it since Halloween, my senior year of high school. Holy shit. Okay, so wait a minute. So during that two years, you already started doing pageants? Was mm-hmm. that, okay, so like, what, what about, I mean, yes, pageantry, but what about the pageants really like drew drew you to it i really like competition anyway Mm. whether it be a pageant or if we're playing monopoly if i feel like i'm gonna lose there's gonna be a terrible windstorm and all the cards are going somewhere so you're not gonna officially beat me but bitch i'm i'm getting you like i have ended friendships over cranium it's crazy but um so i like competition to begin with and then i like the idea of showing uh sides of you that you don't people don't necessarily get to see all the time Mm. so pageant gowns and swimsuits and things like that so that's what kind of has drawn me to it that's awesome so um you've won you won your you said your first pageant in 2006 2006 okay and what was that title that was miss comedy queen mm-hmm. yep um what what do you think in that pageant set you above the rest what you know what was it that you think this came to me i worked at it you know this is this is it. There, um, back in those days, Miss Comedy Queen had like a themed presentation. There was comedic talent, outrageous evening gown, and uh, we had swimming suit. 
So I knew preparing for the contest that swimsuit was what I really, really wanted to win. So it has to have a comedic twist to it, obviously. So the curtain opens and there's a sign that says nude beach and there's just all these clothes being thrown across the stage. And then I come out and I'm in like censored signs covering my private areas. And because I was so fucking huge, the entire room lost their minds because I modeled like I was in a thousand dollar swimsuit and like I was a size two, like bitch, get into this and just sold the hell out of my 99 cent cardboard that I was wearing on my private areas. And I got a perfect score in that category. And like they did the category for three years after that, three or four years after that. And they had to get rid of it because like no one will ever beat what you did. So like that, girl, that was my claim it. to fame. You broke Completely. the ca- category is girl. There is no category. Category closed. <laughs> um, I, you know, I think, especially with drag, reaching, like the world the way it is now because of drag race and stuff like that, you get what drag comes out of, but sometimes you don't get the root of something. So like camp. Camp is literally faking it until you make it. Yep. You're not at in the Bahamas, but you feel like you're in the Bahamas. And because you feel like you're in the Bahamas, you're in the Bahamas. Right. And I think you understanding, like fundamentally understanding that difference is probably like where they're like, girl, this is it. Mm-hmm. This is it. Okay, so what what was the rest of your, your lineup in that? And that pageant again? Uh, presentation, which was mm-hmm. um, that year was fun with food. So I came out as like a little girl auditioning for an Oscar Mayer commercial who was retarded and couldn't spell. So she just ate the entire package of bologna and <laughs> hoped, <laughs> hoped, hoped to get the gig. Um, talent, I did like a, a really, really old... We're not going to talk about talent. That's the only category I didn't win. But it was good enough to win. Um, an outrageous evening gown. I made a ball gown out of uh, Target bags. Yes. Yeah. I like that. Uh that it see I I I love pageants and I've never actually gotten to go to one. I just kind of like watch things online. And to me, I love it because it gives a sense of like structure and elegance regardless. Right. Um you know, whether it's, you know, straight comedy or a traditional pageant like it gives structure to something that seems so chaotic mm-hmm. and it's it's great to kind of slow down like you say show aspects and sides of yourself that people wouldn't normally get to see right. because it forces you to be so dynamic right okay so what how can i phrase this when you're deciding to start um like a new number or you're preparing for a pageant, like what's what's square one for you? Um, I think that has different answers from when I first started doing drag to now. Okay, you can give us so both. So now if I were to be competing in a pageant, I've, I've had a pretty successful career and the ultimate goal to like when you win a pageant is to get a gig. So I, I am able to where I can work everywhere. I've worked at every nightclub in town. I've got a steady gig at Parliament House. I travel the country. So I'm, I'm all right in that area. So I don't really need the work. Mm. If I were to do a pageant now, I would think, what can I give to the system and how can I help improve it? 
So maybe there's something uh, administrative wise behind the scenes that that I could help them with, whether that be contracts or promoting contestants or expanding the system to other regions or uh, a different market of girls that they might not have ever been able to reach. Mm. Um, Back when I started, I literally any opportunity that I had to compete and if I had the money to do it, I was like, okay, like, let's let's do it because you just have to get your name out there. Mm -hmm. You never know who's going to be in the audience, who's going to be judging, who's going to see you and opportunities can come from that. See, you know, I've never, I've never thought of it that way because you like you've gotten your title, like you what you, you blood, sweat, and tears for, and you know, like that's for for that patch. That is it. Like yep. you don't have to come back. And so, like that admin uh, side of it, which you know I see in like documentaries and stuff like that. I've never actually thought like, well, you have this title, you travel, um, you represent this pageant. And then, like when when that year, like your reign is over, like what, like what do you do after that? Besides, you know, like you said, you work, you get your name out there, you get a steady gig, which is which is phenomenal because a lot of queens, they you know they hoofing it, you know yep. this way and that way and any which way. And that's I mean we all that's how we all started. Mm. But the thing with with a pageant, especially a national contest. Uh, you have to look at it competing in the pageants like your job interview. Yeah. And if you win, you got hired for the job. Mm. So the year that you're reigning, you've got to show that you're professional, you're on time, that you can you can promote the system, do all that. And uh, once you have your step down, that's basically your performance review. So if you make a lot of money at your step down, they liked you. You did mm. your job. And you're more than welcome to come back regardless year after year as a former and perform and do the walk and all that. But I mean, there's some girls that are favorites and some that it's like, Oh, she's still alive. Good for her. (laughs) So it's all in how, how you do your job once they hire you. Mm -hmm. So what, what was your reign like? Like, so you, you, win, you do that pageant thing where you stop breathing and you almost fall, uh-huh. but then the person catches you and they're like, girl, breathe. Right. And so you, you do your walk, they crown you, you, you bask in that moment, and then they're like, well, girl, you thought it was over, but okay. Peppa, we putting you to work. Now it starts. Miss Comedy Queen was a, a lot more, uh, it was smaller when I won back in 2006. It was more of a local thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but during my year, I became really close with the owners of the pageant. And um, we had visions to make it bigger. So long story short, I, one of the owners moved away, and I stepped in as um, the business partner for the person that stayed here locally. And we've grown the system year after year to where we, we're about to have the national contest in August. Uh, we're going to have like 36 contestants. It's two days. We've got 19 prelims across the country. Holy shit. Um, so it's, yeah, there's, it's, it's become what we wanted it to be. Good. And, and is it going to be... It's at the Parliament House in Orlando. Yep. Girl, remind me. Because every time I say remind me, I forget and you forget. Girl, what you doing tomorrow? Working. Why? I just won't tell you that this thing is going on right. here at Parliament. Or one of your favorite people of all time. Or just happen to pass on through. But you got me, girl. You got me that for my birthday. I'll never mm-hmm. forget that. I'll never forget that. Mm-hmm. I love you, Johnny. Shout out to Johnny McGovern and Lady Red Couture. Well, you had, um, you talk about the 19 uh, prelims. A couple of new ones just actually started up, right? You have the Space Coast. Uh, Space Coast has been with us for a while. The new, oh, they've been around? The new okay. prelims that we have this year, uh, we've added two in Pennsylvania. We've added two in New York, one in Ohio, one in Texas. Um, 
There's another one, but I don't know it off the top of my head. Uh, but yeah, there's there's 19 all across, and we added um, three more in Florida. So my favorite was is the uh, Miss Meatpacking Comedy Queen, but, which we just had yeah. in, in New York City. Yep, it's a good time. Uh, it just just for the fact that it's Miss Meatpacking Comedy Queen. <laughs> That's a meaty tuck. It sure is. <laughs> I'm rib girl. Uh, um, so you're 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 doing all this stuff that, you know, we see you when you're like you're on stage performing or when you're the face of your pageant. But I, and it's a lot. Mm-hmm. I, you're doing a lot. So kudos to you. Thank you. Because not everybody can handle it. But what do you think is like the most difficult part of drag for you? Is it now balancing? The side of you, the, the artistic side that wants to perform, or the side of you that's, you know, I gotta fill out all these forms, I gotta get this paperwork, you know, stamped in triplicate? Um, I would say for me, I come from a different. I'm gonna sound so old. These kids now, <laughs> they, um, I, I like to, to call them the, the YouTube university generation to mm-hmm. where they learn everything online. They don't really have a drag mother necessarily. I come from the school where um, you had to be self-sufficient. So if push comes to shove, you could go, you could do a pageant, you can do a show and not rely on anyone else. So you need to know how to do your own makeup, do your own hair, make your own costumes, make your own mixes, carry your own suitcase. If your car breaks down, change your own tire. Like you got to be your own girl. Mm. Um, so if I... If I'm, I'm, if I'm not so busy working, I like to sit down, If especially if it's a new place I'm working, I like to sit down and make a new costume, do a new number, something like that. But because I work so often, I don't always have that luxury. Mm-hmm. So I think the hardest part is um, trying to keep it fresh when drag is how I pay my bills. Mm-hmm. So like that's my full-time job, doing drag and working in nightclubs. Um, Congrats! Thank that you. Is, woo, girl, it's, I know you're doing it all. It's tough, it all. yeah. Um, but it's it's hard to keep it fresh when um, when you work so much. So there's, I kind of always say this, caddy, when people say something, but they're like, "Oh, girl, you're wearing that hair again. You're wearing that dress again." Yeah, girl, I don't have time to unpack in, in between all my bookings. Sorry, like I've got the gigs and you don't. So you should hope that one day you'll be able to wear two dresses for a week because you're working so much. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I've got an entire drag room at home. I've got three rolling racks full of costumes. I've got stuff that people have never even seen. So I've got good drag. It's just, I don't get to wear it because I'm working all the time. Um, I, uh, so I'm just, I'm so inspired by you. Uh, my question, my follow up question then is this, what do you do? do to kind of like decompress like you you know you're always running your your mind is like firing away coming up with like these new numbers these new costumes you're doing all of this stuff like what what how do you just relax and kick back and say i deserve a day where i i am me i don't have to spend hours in makeup i don't have to tuck I don't have to put on this corset and pretend to be breathing when really I'm just right. taking like hummingbird sips of air. I'm trying to think really the last time that I had a complete day to myself where I didn't have something work related to do. Um, it's been a long time. Normally on my days, I decompress by doing laundry because that's really like if I'm working five days, I've basically got one day to do something and then the next day is just sleep all day. Um, but now because I'm not competing as much as I used to, 
pageants can you can you can go and you can spend i mean I, when i did national entertainer of the year i spent ten thousand dollars and lost the pageant so now instead of saving 10 grand to go lose a contest i'll take 10 grand and go on a vacation with my friends so it's just kind of reevaluate reevaluating your life and what you're spending money on and um living for the moment so yeah like I'm looking forward to a vacation after gay days. I don't know where I'm going. I could go to Altamont Springs and just turn my phone off and have the time of my life because I don't have to talk to nobody. I don't have to see nobody. And that, that's, that's how I do it now. Mm-hmm. You know, we have um, multiple friends in common, uh, but one of them is Bobby Jusimmer. Hey, Bobby. And, like, I always see you two thick as thieves. It's like, look at us on this vacation, having drinks. And I'm like, they're just living it up. They seem so authentically happy. I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. And now I'm, like, learning all this, like, whoo, she a workhorse. Uh-huh. She a, whoo, she doing it all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Pat, do you have any questions? Am I doing a good job? I've been enjoying the conversation. Thank you. I've actually gotten to work with Addison a lot more in the past couple of weeks. Um with some of the events that I've been doing at Parliament, I've needed, um, like you say, there are, there are a ton of drag queens, but, and I've had this conversation a couple of times with different people, I do bear events, mm-hmm. and I love to incorporate drag with it, because it can work. Absolutely. And I've had, I've had people that have, have almost had to kind of come around to it, because at first they were like, why are there drag queens at a bear event? Why do we need... Fuck you. Like, <laughs> those are mostly the bears that when they open their mouth, the fucking purse falls out anyway. So, bitch, you're nellier than I am. I'm just wearing a dress and getting a check for it. Right. How dare you fuck... We're the same fucking community. Exactly. I'm fat just like you are. My back's just as hairy. I'm just covered in a dress, girl. <laughs> You'll be fine. Oh, uh, Because we were doing, like... Uh, we had a couple times... We had Bear Ronce and um, Lovely Lady Lips come down and do uh, do two events for us. And this is going back a few years and we did a skag race so we had bears get up and they had like dollar store like gidget's camp right. drag kind of thing but it was timed and it was like it was stages so it was like who can get dressed the quickest and then it was like here's some dollar tree makeup put a face on like and you've got these like six bears up on on the runway pieces in the courtyard and you know and then and i think that kind of helped to start that was a little bit of like that turning point for some of the people a lot of our our crowd eats it up with a spoon regardless yep. but so so back to kind of my point of that whole thing is that there there are tons of queens and we've got amazing queens we have a ton of amazing queens that work even at the parliament house mm-hmm. not every single one of them is a good fit for an event like that right so it's a matter of like when you have an event you have to target your audience with a queen that's gonna that's gonna work well for it mm-hmm. so people like gidget um, are great for that. People like you are amazing for that. So in the last couple of weeks, I've done like 47 events, it feels like. Right, right. <laughs> I'm like, do I ever get to go home at this point? No. no. All right, what's next? Something else with fur in the name. <laughs> uh, but we've gotten to work together because you, you did a couple of days at, uh, for a weekend. We did Furgasm together. Uh, so I've actually really kind of enjoyed it. Like We've worked together for a long time. That was the one with the whiskey time. tasting, right? We didn't do a whiskey tasting this time around. Um, our, our whiskey guy, it was Derby weekend and Cinco oh, de Mayo yeah. and everything. Mm. So there was a thought about doing a tequila thing and it, that Ugh. just, no. I, I did a tequila thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I know. It was fantastic. Addison disappeared and then she'd come back and she'd be like, I just did five more shots of Patron. Uh-huh. Like, all right, we're we going to do yeah. this. And in your mind, you're just like, who keeps 
Everybody taps. <laughs> it's and I'm not a tequila girl, but I I drove home. I probably shouldn't have, but I was good. I made it in one piece and didn't kill nobody. So <laughs> Well the best was that you were you were on the mic and everything was fine. Everything was fine. Everything till, till the very till end. The end. Like the last time you were on the microphone, it was like, and here's screwed up versions of the names of the people that uh, just played for you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it happens. Oh, for sure. But but I mean, you put on such a show. And um, I was actually just talking about you yesterday when I went to Parliament House. I had a meeting there and, and Anthony and I were talking. And we were singing your praises, really, about Thank you. the fact that you are crude and crass. But you do it in such a way that is so entertaining to watch that even if you... And honestly, most people at Parliament House are not going to get offended by crude and crass. But even if there was a slight chance that you might be a little offended by that, you laugh at it because it's just delivered in such a way. And then when you work with Gidget on top of that, that's uh-huh. actually even better. Um, I we're, think We're a good balance of naughty and nice. Exactly, because Gidget puts off the, the I'm the sweet and innocent one. And I'm a filthy whore. <laughs> I'm a terrible, awful person, and I'm okay with it. It works so so well, and um, and yeah, no, it's it's been nice, and I I haven't really come up with questions. You've been doing a great job, like uh, in going through Addison's history, but it's nice to actually kind of get to have that that relationship and get to know each other more. And you know, you are to go back to something that you had said earlier. You are like. A local legend here so when people come up which and- is weird it's weird to hear like i i acknowledge it but i'm also hashtag also humble as fuck <laughs> so like it's really it's weird to hear people say that but i get it because and just for the fact that i've i've been doing drag half my life yeah so i mean that says something that i was able to get the gigs and i still have them so yeah but yeah weird. no but that, that really like i can absolutely see how and i still am that way i mean i've been working in parliament for five years now that i'm like but there are still times where with certain people that I'm like, oh, hey, like it's it's weird being like, cool, I'm friends with that person. Right. Like, I know you. Yeah. yeah. So for, so I can definitely see how people come in and, and are kind of just would be like taken back a, like a step and be like, all right, I guess I can go talk to her. Right. But, you know, like once you once you're at like Addie's happy hour or just at the bar or when she's hosting and just hanging out, like as soon as she starts talking to you, like you completely are just like, all right, cool. We good. Like, yeah. <laughs> Life is too short for me to... I don't give a fuck about... I just don't give a fuck. Like, there's more important shit in the world to focus about whether or not we're mad at each other or whether you feel like you can come talk to me. And, like, going back to what you said, I think it's really important. If there's any of the kids listening, it's really important for you once you develop your drag character. You need to realize, like, what makes you stand apart from everyone else. Mm. And you need to to know your worth. So one of the reasons that I'm able to work as often as I am is because I'm, I'm not a $25 queen. Like I'm not, not going to put on drag for less than a certain amount of money. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. Plush care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Because I know what I'm capable of. And I have, I've built a reputation to where I might be uh, late to go there and get ready, but I can put on a face in 10 minutes and I'm going to be put together and uh, I might get completely and totally hammered, but I'm going to be where I'm supposed to be. I can do my job. I'm a functioning alcoholic. It's very important. Girl, you too. <laughs> Girl, very important. Like I've built a career on alcoholism. So this could be your future, kids. But yeah, you need to know your worth. And like I, um, I know that most of my talents come from my mouth. <laughs> that didn't that didn't sound right, but they do. But it, um, but it works as for a man all. named Oral, <laughs> right. I totally subscribe to that. <laughs> but I, like, I would much rather talk on a microphone than sit there and do a boring drag number because I know that that I'm quick and I can be completely and totally offensive. But people are like, "Oh, that's kind of charming." Like they're not. It's better to ask for forgiveness than it is for permission. So if mm. I offend you, I already got paid. I really don't care. But girl, you know I was just fucking with you. It's not that serious. But I'm the, a, a man in a dress. You, are you really? The good part about that, though, is you say that you, you are, you'd rather be on a microphone, but you can slay a lip sync. Right. Like you have all of those tools under your belt. So you're, you're good to go. But so if somebody's like, hey, we want you to come and host awesome that's like the that's the best thing that you can do but if somebody's like hey we want you to come out and we're going to pay you this and come and slay a couple of lip syncs oh damn you were there and mm-hmm. you can do it because that's the that's and i i love bianca del rio like with all of my heart but she can't lip sync like that's not her thing and, and she's she's been around forever and that's even when she first started drag, she was never a lip sync artist. No, she was she was a microphone girl. And she I was will, the one that I would host every, all the money in my bank account oh, and, and just sit there and rip people to shreds. Every fucking penny. The most brilliant thing in the world is she. She sold insults to people. Like, send me your friend's phone number. I'll leave him a terrible voicemail message. Oh. <laughs> That's fucking sickening, bitch. Like, you're brilliant. I paid it for her to do it to me <laughs> on their on their Indiegogo. I literally paid. I forget like five dollars. And she sent me a little voicemail file, and it's like my outgoing message where she just shit talks me. It's fantastic. So brilliant. She was doing insults for a dollar at like Times Square or yeah. at the airport. Like literally just had a sign, insults, one dollar, and just raising money for her movie that way. But but that's I mean, and, and that works for her. And she will get paid so much money to do that. But it's amazing to have both of those skill sets right. and be able to do comedy, to be able to do glamour and fashion because that's that's a huge thing i mean you're a, a, a plus-size queen that will fucking rock glamour Thank like God. you know your your promo shots um you know with the boas and everything like you are like it's you would think okay this is a girl that just does like fashion pageants and it's like oh no she can do that but no right. she gonna she gonna turn it as like the oscar meyer thing like right because i've seen you do i guess a, a variant of that for like little miss parliament house uh-huh. um you know, and then even even oh god, Brian got to see it for the first time this year because normally he's out of town for the Christmas party, but for the first time he got to go this past December, and he got to see you do the twelve uh, the twelve drinks of Christmas, uh-huh. and he was. I don't know this. Oh, it's it's the twelve days of Christmas, but all about my true love got me five dry rob. So you you're singing the song and you get hammered through it. 
and like by the end of it, she's crying and just like it's yeah. <laughs> and the little the little whistle, the it's, little bird whistle, like it's fantastic. I actually have that. I gotta I gotta find it. I think it's probably on my Dropbox or something. Please find I it. I videotaped that entire performance. That's one of my favorite. I, like I, that's the only. I know a lot of Christmas songs, but that's literally when it's Christmas. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna just keep this in the suitcase because this is what everyone wants to see, and like that's one of those numbers. I remember as a little drag baby seeing like Carmela do it, and like. So it's cool that she's kind of like passed the torch. Like, I do that now. So uh, now I'm known for it. So it's like keeping old school drag alive. It's, mm-hmm. So that, it's cool to be a part of that. And so then maybe one day you will pass that torch on and, and then Oral will do the 12 drinks at Christmas <laughs> every be, year. I would know. I already do. <laughs> so I want to talk about old drag versus new drag and not, not to like start a flame war, but I, I want to talk about drag queens (laughs) Instagram no drag queens who like so I'm I one day will do drag it's supposed to be this year so I need to start piecing things together because I'm a lazy fuck but I know that there will come a point where if I want to continue to do drag I'm gonna need to know how to change a flat tower how to change this zipper out what is I don't how do you know how drag queens went from the Swiss Army knives of performers to I don't know how to sew, but I pay people to make me dresses? Oh, that's such a tricky subject. Um, Which, I mean, if you, if you don't have the talent, because, I mean, I can't sing worth a damn. So I would never, ever be a performer who would try to sing anything live. But there are certain skills that you should you should know, right? Agreed. I think a lot of it goes back to what I call the YouTube University era, to where um, oh, I'm going to sound so old again. <laughs> it's it's cool that these kids now have an opportunity to where they don't necessarily have to go out and meet people. You can Google something if you want to know how to do something. There's a hundred tutorial videos, and while the, the, the makeup skills of these kids now are phenomenal, there's only a few that stand out to me because you all watch the same fucking channel and 38 of you look alike. Mm. So you all have long, straight blonde hair. You all have an ombre eyebrow. You all have that nude lip. Okay, cool. It's all painted flawlessly, but which, who, who are you? I don't know. So the, the kids that I really like are the ones that have learned all that and then have developed their character. Yeah. So they're going to do things in different colors or different styles, and you never really know how they're going to look. I like that. Um, and I think a lot of it, too, is the younger kids now, like millennials, you, I mean, you got a participation award for losing. So when you surround yourself with people who are like, oh, girl, you're sickening. No, if, I, if you were really my friend, you would tell me that was god awful. You... People just need to be more honest mm. and people need to not be so fragile, especially in this this lifestyle, because there, I mean, there's a lot of people that don't like us and it's you have to have a thick skin to begin with um, and especially doing drag because you could have that drunk person that comes to your show and wants to try and take over. But you've got to be the bigger person to be like, no, bitch, like I'm fucking this dog. Move out of the way. Mm-hmm. Like, so I think that's. You only get that from experience and from being around those those environments. So I think that's where uh, social media and YouTube and all that has kind of put. Uh, it's gonna. I'm I'm very concerned for the future of drag because I I don't think it's gonna be like it was when I started. 
And not that that's necessarily a bad thing. I just would hate to lose all the stuff that all these girls before me have worked so hard to, to get. You know, I think one of my, because I, cause I'm 31, but I was that kid who's like, one day I might want to go to college. So I should just stop, start sleeping less and start watching old episodes of I Love Lucy because I feel like this is going to prepare me for college. It did. <laughs> but the I Love Lucy turned into the Golden Girls. So, um, but I love that sort of digging through drag history. And, you know, the, the best example of like a particular type of drag in the ball scene is, is Paris is Burning. Absolutely. And, you know, what I love is that there's a, a time where they're like, you know, you're sitting there, you're doing this interview, but bitch, I got a show tonight. So I'm going to sit behind this like sewing machine. I'll talk to you, but I got shits to do. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, you know, seeing people with, you know, varying degrees of like something. Um, Cause you know, like during Corey, during Corey had been performing for years, mm-hmm. you know, was like this amazing, like costumer. Legendary. Yes. Who could, you know, do all this stuff and do pageants and be kind of like, be really funny in just the severest forms of shade. But you know, she, she still had to work. Uh-huh. You still have to do this. And you know, you even see like the younger generation at that time where, you know, the balls had changed dramatically, but you know, they're still, you know, how long did it take you to make that skirt? Like, you know, or an, make hour. It, an hour. An hour? That's not your speed. Yeah. Like, yeah. you just, you have to learn how to do these things because there's going to come a point in time where you're not going to have, you know, I think you're not going to have everything you need. You might lose your bag. Mm-hmm. You got to throw something together. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Ginger told that story where, like, her luggage got lost. But she still needed to perform, mm-hmm. so she started going out to wig stores, going out to fabric stores, just piecing together. She put on a show. Yep. It may not have been her best, but she she still could do it. Yep, she still could do it. If you haven't if you haven't seen it, I know um, I'm pretty sure Rolodex of Hate is available on like Vimeo or whatever to download. Like you can purchase it and download it or rent it. Bianca talks about like has a story about that as well. And she's like, you know, I, I get there, uh, the luggage doesn't show up, and she has this whole, like, you know, the, the aggravated black woman at the, the counter that's like, mm-hmm, mm. But then she, she's like, basically turns it into, she's like, all right, drag race mini challenge, yep. go to Walmart. She's like, I bought construction paper, I got a, a, a onesie, she's like, I bought a scarf. She's like, I'm, I'm sitting there cutting out eyebrows out of cardboard, like, just doing this whole thing, like, yep. you know, Walmart eyelashes. She's like, I came out there, you know, wrapped a scarf around my head, called it a night. Yep. <laughs> like, you got to do it. And that's that's what drag is to me, too. Like like, like the Drag Race Mini Challenge. Okay, so you've got an hour to do this, and you've also got $17.38. Go. Because, <laughs> like, I, I have costumes and dresses that cost an arm and a leg, but the stuff that people remember is the shit that I threw together for five bucks. You know, so like it's it's not necessarily what is on the hanger. It's it's how you're selling it. So it's it, it could be an off day for you. But you, I mean, you've got to treat every show like it's a sold out audience, like you're getting paid 10 grand to do it. So if you put that energy into all of your shows, you're going to be all right. Yeah, it's that creativity that really separates the good queens from mm-hmm. the queens that are just doing it. Mm-hmm. But if you've got that creativity and you're and you can portray that. Whether yep. or not it's, you know, 
you could have and it's and it's and great it's, yeah it's creativity like in a lot of different facets like you can yeah. be funny you can know how to pull a look together but not be funny at all like you can express yourself through different avenues but you you still have to have some spark because if you're just up there phoning it in people aren't really going to respond to that and the people who do and this is not this is not to say that I know good drag from bad it's just but you do yeah like that's it's just that's all right mm-hmm. that's all right like I once saw uh, Giselle Barbie Royale who I uh, I love her to bits and pieces and side note do you know sometimes whenever I hear a Whitney song, I don't actually see Whitney performing in my head? Giselle? It's Giselle. Yeah. But you with, know with a little with a little with a little rag in yeah. hand as she's doing it. Yes. The little the little bob wave. Uh, and I remember I saw I know I've talked about two performances that really sold me for her. It was um it wasn't her Whitney, even though it was. It was um a Beyonce number, uh, Why Won't You Love Me? And just the way, you know, she she conveyed this sense of like pain and anguish while still looking immaculate in this like, you know, dressing room boudoir. Like it wasn't even the props. It was her. Right. Um, And then, you know, I'm thinking like she's amazing. She like her lip sync is great, you know. And then you see another creative side of her where she did her Aria from Fifth Element. Which, you know, me sitting in the audience, I'm like, I know this, but I don't know where, I can't remember where this is from. And I'm like, holy shit. Uh And you could just see all of the nerds in the audience just light up. And I'm looking around, I'm like, like looking at at somebody I don't even know. I'm like, bitch, do you see this? Like I'm mouthing, bitch, do you see this? He's like, bitch, I see this. (laughs) And I'm just like, you know, seeing that creativity, seeing that, you know, saying I can do this. I can turn it on a tent, like what you do, mm-hmm. you know, it's that to me is, is good and great drag. Absolutely. That is, you know, taking something. It's like people who do cosplay at conventions and they come up with like kind of punny costumes like Sydney white. And it's just this bearded guy in a snow white dress you know, with, like, some basket and stuff like that. Yeah, that's, like, the simple version of, like, what you and Giselle do, where you take this idea and it's like, yeah, this is funny, this is great, but how can how can I add something to push it to the next level? Because that's where you go from, oh, that's a really good idea to that's a great idea. Right. And Giselle's the perfect example of, like, because Giselle's only 29, and she's the perfect example of coming from a scene where she could care less about the RuPaul girls like you look up to people like Tasha Long Mimi Marks all those people who have established themselves in in the pageant circuit from years and years and years ago that's the drag she grew up with so for her to be able to do current stuff like the Aria from Fifth Element she does um, the Gladys Knight end of the road medley that's 11 fucking minutes long and normally you want to kill yourself when you see it but you are hanging on to every single second that she does because she's so phenomenal when she does it. Mm. So it's knowing it's knowing uh, old school drag. So it doesn't matter if you have been doing drag for 30 seconds. If you have a concept of where how this all came about, then you can you, you'll stand out amongst other people. Mm-hmm. Which leads me to my next question. That was an awesome segue and I ruined it by calling it what it was. An awesome <laughs> segue. Um who are your touchstones? Like, who are your, 
your icons, your greats, your go-to. And it doesn't have to be in just drag, just, you know, in any facet of, like, who you are intrinsically. Like, for, for performance or people that I look up to? Both. Um, I would say queens that I look up to. Uh, my number one would be Carmela Marcelo Garcia, just because she is so hysterical on a microphone and she will change subjects 37 times in five seconds but it's everything that comes out of her mouth is gold and um people uh, people started probably like five years ago comparing me to her and they're like don't be offended when i say this but you remind me of carmella i'm like are you that's not how is that an insult like she's the one i love her uh darcelle's phenomenal on a microphone she's a great entertainer she's um she teaches lots of young people about the business side of drag, mm. which is really important because she's proof that like you can make a career and a good living by cross-dressing. You just have to know how to budget your money and, and do all the stuff that you need to do legally. So she's one. Um, God, there's so many. <coughs> um, Mimi Marks from Chicago, who's a former Miss Continental, just because she has looked literally the same for 30 years. On, like has not aged a day. It's insane. Um, so many girls. But uh, yeah, Carmela, I would say is probably my number one. Like I want to be her when I grow up. <laughs> I, um, you know, it it it's always interesting because you you sometimes meet your idols and they're like, you know, they're kind of lackluster. But I can see it in your eyes where you're just like this, like it, through and through. Like this is this is it. I know if I work hard and sharpen my skills. Maybe one day, you know, she's like, you know, throws you a towel. You say, thanks, Mean Joe. Like, it's... it's And the coolest thing in the world is, like, Carmela knows who I am. You know mm. what I mean? So when she's in town, she... <laughs> granted, I'm smaller than she is now, but she'll always be like, hello, biggin. Hey, girl, good to see you. Like, but the fact that we... that. Before she even left Orlando, she knew who I was and was like, I have a feeling that you're going to go really far in this business. That's what validates everything. You're like, okay. Because it's, it's very discouraging when you're one of those girls that's waiting for one of these people to retire so you can get a job. Mm. You're like, okay, should I even pursue this any further? But to have legends like that be like, girl, you're, you'll be all right. You're going to be good. Yeah. You know, I, I, you don't know this. And there's no reason why you should. Like, I work at a comic book store that has a bar in it. It's a trip. Um, and everyone's like, oh my God, you have the best job ever. I'm like, well, it's, it's a job, but like it has its perks. Right. And they're like, you know, are you guys hiring? I always hear it. And they're just like, look, I got in by the skin of my teeth and I knew people and I didn't even have to blow them to get here, <laughs> but I had to blow somebody to stay. And right. I don't know if you got it in you. <laughs> As I always tell people who, who say that about me working at Parliament House, like, oh girl, I want to work here. And I always tell them, no, you don't. It's a, a no. great place to work. Yep. The money's good. I love the people that I work with. But if this is where you come in, if this is your playground, working here one day will ruin that for you. It's gone. They don't know. They don't know. It, there's a difference between, you know, your passion for something. Like, I love stories. So selling stories is great for me. And everyone's like, but, you know, this place is so much fun as any other. I'm like. I no longer have fun. Like, I look like I have fun. I'm working. To entertain you. Mm -hmm. But that the thrill is gone, ho. Right. It's gone. And you are a customer, so you can come in and you can read comic books and sit at the bar. I'm on the clock, so I can't drink. And if there's downtime... We can, we can drink. Right. We'll just, like, <laughs> we depends on which part of the job we you're We don't doing. drink at the Parliament House. <laughs> um, but, like, 
yeah, during the downtime, there's, I've got to go clean a bathroom. I don't have time to sit and read a comic book anymore. Mm. So this, like Parliament House, if that's your playground, if this is where you come to get blackout wasted and suck 14 dicks, girl, you can't do that. Well, you can do that when you're on the clock, but you won't have a job the next day. So if this is where you come to get your life, then you don't want to work here because it's, it's, then it's a completely different thing. Yeah. Don't and, ruin what you have. And I think that, I think going back to like old school drag and, and new school drag, I think a lot of new school drag, they think it's going to be a blast. And it is. It is. But it <clears throat> is. It's hard work. You want to have to entertain. Absolutely. Because if you, if you don't even, if, if you don't have creativity, sometimes you can skate by. But if you don't have the drive, they will eat you alive. And mm-hmm. it's not the queens. The audience will eat oh, absolutely. you alive. And I've seen that as a, as a host. You know, for different events where I MC, not just karaoke, but just other things. If you don't know how to work a room or a crowd, if you don't have a fundamental understanding of like what makes people laugh, you're able to read the room that you're in, they are going to devour you. Your first sign of weakness they're going to pounce on. Yep, mm-hmm. absolutely. And then you just get used to telling them that if they don't cooperate, you're going to throat punch them. Right. I will drop kick you in the throat, you fucking cunt. <laughs> Addison does a, uh, a host Flesh Fridays where we have adult film stars come in or models or whatever. Um, and it's gotten to a point where our crowd is our crowd, but our early show, it's early in the night, you know. They're sober and they're, they're very entertained by the nakedness on stage. But, but they want to act shy. But they, they want to act shy. They want to just be that crowd where it's like, all right, make some noise for this person. Woo. And it's like just you look at the room and just everybody's just kind of like. Or not. That's all, that works <laughs> no. too. Cool. He's going to go home and kill himself now because you're being shady. But that's okay. Cool. Well, last night was amazing because I I'm there for the first show to photograph and we take pictures. And then, you know, like. If you want to come up and you want to have a picture taken, you know, because I love when people come up with their cell phone, no flash, in a dark ass video bar, and they're like, I'm like, go over and like, can you take a picture of me? All right. I'm like, I have a fucking $1,500 camera with a $1,000 lens on it, right. but you know, sure, I'll take your grainy ass, you know, dark photo, or they just come up and they do it, and then they. But so Addy will be like, all right, well, you know, if you want to come up to have your picture taken, um, Pat, our photographer is here, blah, blah. And like, last night it tickled me because a lot of times people just don't and then they'll wait and they'll get off stage and they'll bombard him for like you know, whoever it is for, for a selfie or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she was like, don't be one of those assholes that comes up afterwards while he's trying to get off the stage and then kind of try to take a picture. She's like, I will, th- I will punch you in the throat. Right. Now and- is the- I'm giving you 90 <laughs> seconds. Now's the time. He's got shit to do, motherfucker. No. I damn near lost my shit last night, though. I, I remember... It's it's funny because I used to now I I used to host every so often, kind of sporadically, and now I'm doing it like weekly, multiple times a week, moving from one gig to another, recording a podcast in between. I'm just like, whoo, girl! I hope my barber isn't late today. Okay. Well, he's a black barber, so of course it was. And um, I remember this one guy was just drunk, and it's a bar. Of course, people are gonna get drunk, but he was wasted. And he was, you know, trying to, like, talk over me. And I'm like, girl, I got a microphone. This is not going to work for you. Right. And he said something. I'm like, look, I want you to know I'm not the one. And if you're going to embarrass me, I'm going to embarrass you in front of all these people. 
girl don't try it i may sound very sweet and i've got these dulcet tones but i grew up hood adjacent <laughs> i always like to tell baby i don't go to your job at burger king and fuck with you when you're on the clock let me do this or like oh you there's always one in every group you've got jokes i got the job telling jokes you sit there and shut the fuck up let mm. me do this you know and it's there's a, I won't, I won't lie. There's a sense of Russian power. Oh, absolutely. It's like, it's absolutely. like I'm shooting up in the back in front right. of everybody. It's just got my back turned. Like, don't mind me. <laughs> it's very that. Oh gosh. Okay. So, after what, what is on the agenda for you in the next coming months? What are you excited about? I'm excited for gay days to be over so I can sleep. Um, we're going into ten days of hell. Oh God. I'm. I'm, I'm I'm so upset. I'm I mean, it's more it. than 10 days of hell, but right. it, it's it's a consistent barrage from Memorial Day through the end of gay days. I'm missing it. I'm basically doing my regular schedule, which is uh, bartending Friday happy hour and then hosting Flesh Friday at nights uh, and then double bartending on Sunday and then hosting College Line on Mondays. And then I do Tuesdays at Hamburger Mary's and Brandon. So that's my normal schedule. But now that we're in the busy season, I get to do doubles on all the days I'm already working, plus add Saturdays and Thursdays into the mix. So I'm ready for um, it to be like after the 4th of July so I can sleep and go somewhere mm-hmm. to Altamont Springs. <laughs> uh, uh, and um, you said in August. August will be the National Women's Comedy Queen pageant happening at the Parliament House. Uh, we've got a couple prelims left. I think we've got Ohio and of. There's an Ohio, a Pennsylvania, and a Florida that's still left, uh, which will bring our total to about 36 contestants. Um, it's going to be a Monday, Tuesday night. Tickets will go on sale on our website. Can I do, give the website? No, please. Absolutely. www.anrtickets.com. We'll, we'll, they'll be up there uh, very soon. I like that that was my stripper voice. Next, <laughs> next on deck, we've got Diamond. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so check out the website. There's going to be all kinds of information. We're doing uh, our Mr. Contest, which is a fundraiser happening the Wednesday before Gay Days to raise money for the Barber Fund. Um, There's always lots of stuff happening. So find me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, all that bullshit. Addison Taylor. Awesome. And you're Addy Patty... Something. (laughs) (laughs) Just Addison... I'm the first one that always pops up. Addison Taylor. (laughs) I'm I'm in a wig, girl. It's me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so now we're coming to, you know, coming to a close, but I, there's something customary that we always ask our, our wonderful, illustrious guest. This is his version of the YouTube University. <laughs> <laughs> if you know, because I don't ask necessarily for like, like. No, not Mechanics how to do tips. it. No, yeah. no, no, no. no. If, but this actually, this is, feels a little bit kind of like a, a merging of the two. Yeah. Of like old school, like having. Uh, like a drag mama and like going online and and finding out how to do something. Mm -hmm. So if um, there was uh, a slightly effeminate young gay boy. Young? Oh, bitch. Um, Who's always been entranced by drag but hasn't done drag yet what is the one piece of advice you could give them that you wish not necessarily that you had been given but that you may have learned throughout uh your career like what what would you say your one like rock you know solid bedrock sort of piece of advice would be 
there's a couple. I'm gonna give a couple. Okay, please uh, do. The first is um, kids. When you realize that you want to make drag a career, you have to be very specific on what that career entails because you could be um, waiting tables in drag or you could be hosting events in drag or there's lots of lots of ways that drag queens make money so you have to be very specific and focus on the area that you want to go into so whether it be performing or hosting or whatever so do that um another thing is it's really easy when you don't do drag to go out and buy things for drag that you're like, oh, girl, I can wear these eight-inch heels for eight hours. It's good. No, keep a pair of flats in your purse and don't wear anything over like three or four inches if you're going to plan to be in them for a while. There's show shoes that you wear for four minutes and then there's shoes that you wear to go out in. Um, don't tuck too tight. A lace front will save your life. Um, and super glue fixes everything. So those are my words of advice. I'll, I have a question. Do you carry super glue with you everywhere you go? Absolutely. Yep. You cut yourself, super glue. Your earrings are too heavy, super glue. Costume's too big somewhere, super glue. <laughs> Lace front won't stick down, super glue. A little bit. Don't go crazy. But yeah. You know, I, I'm always reminded of uh, Tyra Sanchez when... Uh, she was, uh, it was the final look. Uh, it's the wedding. The hot glue gun. The hot glue gun. Gluing stuff on her tights and she's just yeah. screaming. And, oh. and they're like, how did you do it? It's like a hot glue gun. And they're like, on your skin? And it, I, I don't think it was, it wasn't just specifically that, but RuPaul's like, you came from an old school way of drag mm-hmm. because come hella high water, it's you needed to stick that on your tights. And it would have looked bad and wrinkled if you weren't in them tights. Okay. So, yeah. Hey, she got $20,000. Okay, girl, you're competing for $25,000. Yeah. And, bitch, the, the ultimate drag motto, beauty is pain. Mm-hmm. If it don't hurt, you ain't doing it right. Oh, gosh. Uh, Addison, thank you so much for joining us. This has been so cool. It's been so much fun. And I am not Ginger Minge. <laughs> you're not Ginger Minge. <laughs> you're welcome. Oh, gosh. Pat, do you have any special announcements that we need to make? No, I think that's it. All um, right. We're going to be, we're, we're looking at going back to uh, New York in October. Mm-hmm. So we're going to, when we get more details on that, we'll look at um, putting out more information. We're going to try to get uh, the live show um, info out earlier this year. Um, so that way, if you are going to be in the New York area around, we usually do it a few days before Comic-Con starts. Um, I was so excited because DragCon was supposed to be that weekend before, which was perfect timing because I get to go up to New York basically once a year now and see my family and do everything. And I was like, oh, they planned it right within my right in my vacation time. Like it works. And now I'm just waiting for them to move it into like Bear Bust where I can't go right. again. I'm going to be like, fuck you, RuPaul. Why you do this to me? Why do you hate me? <laughs> um, but no, we're going to look at doing that. We're going to look to go back to Rock Bar again. Uh, we had so much fun. I know that they're... Um, the people behind New York Comic Con Presents, they used to call it Super Week. It's not Super Week anymore. Um, but New York Comic Con Presents uh, are, are excited to have us. We, did a, we had a great show last year, so we're, we're going to put some stuff together and hopefully have a good show for that. Mm-hmm. Um, everything is going to be a little crazy here for the next couple of weeks. So we'll, uh, you may not hear all of our voices depending on when we, we rec- record. 
We're gonna we're not we're gonna peel back the curtain so you can see the magic. Some of this stuff has been recorded for a while. Things are getting desperate and down to the wire. Well, with gay days and everything, I mean, if you're listening now, this you know we're in the middle of, of it's May. Fe- it's February. <laughs> <laughs> it's three days after Valentine's Day. We're just getting a head start. Uh, but yeah, we we do these things. You know, we try to make sure that they're they're relevant and timely. And uh, we have uh, gay days coming up, Memorial Day. And uh, our full cast recordings are always done in a timely fashion because, you know, you can't really... Because you crack the whip. You, well, I try. Got to make the trains run on time. And Thank you, Mussolini. In, today, in today's America, that's uh, absolutely needed and encouraged. Hail Hydra. Hail Hydra. <laughs> All right. With that, everyone, you can find us on flameonshow.com. Mm-hmm. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Podcast. Because you can find us on Twitter at Flame On Podcast. Everything else yeah, is Flame, Flame On, on show. show. Yeah, yep. sorry. Um, or just, on, go to, just go to the website. Everything is there yeah. at the bottom. iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Google Play Music. Mm-hmm. I had to think I'm about which either. order that was in. <laughs> like Google Music, Play, Play, Google Music. Let the music play, Google. <laughs> and with that, everyone. <laughs> we don't want to have to pay Shannon royalties, all right? <laughs> Later, later. Bye. Deuces. Thanks for listening to Flame On, presented by Nerdy Show. If you like what you heard, please rate and review us on iTunes, like and follow us on SoundCloud and Audioboom, or subscribe and stream on Google Play. Flame On was created by Brian Pitter and is engineered by Pat O'Rourke. As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive by telling a friend or funding the network via Patreon. Any size contribution gets you exclusive outtakes, episodes, and images from across the network. And there's even more perks available. Just head to patreon.com slash nerdy show. To find out how you or your company can underwrite this or other nerdy show programs, visit nerdyshow.com slash sponsorships. For more podcasts, articles, community forums, and other awesomeness, visit nerdyshow.com. And be sure to follow Nerdy Show and Flame On on all your favorite social networks. Follow us at Flame On Podcast on Twitter and Flame On Show on Facebook, Tumblr, and all your favorite gay hookup apps. If it's gay and geeky, we've got you covered. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.